0: Song
1: facts.
0: Get you some facts right here. Get you some facts. Get hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts podcast. I am your host Corey O'Flanagan, and I'm happy to be here with you. This podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And if you're listening and you like us, please feel free to leave a review boost my ego a little bit can't hurt on the show today we have the insanely talented amanda brown if you are a fan of the voice you will remember her from season three but she has also toured with numerous acts including adele alicia keys the killers and many more she released her first solo album dirty water in 2018 and now she's finding her voice on a new EP and the first song to come off of that is called From Here. So we talked to her about all of that and more. So please stay tuned for the lovely and really just super fun hang, Miss Amanda Brown. So I'm very curious now. I want to we're going to I usually do this in a way that's more chronological, but Mm-hmm. I, got, I was listening to From Here, mm-hmm. and it's coming out October 23rd. Mm-hmm. You got a great song here, Just Good Energy. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the sense that you've been pondering a few things, and maybe within a relationship, and with the resulting question being where do we go from here. So I'm kind of wondering, what can you tell us about this new track?
1: Um, Yeah, so it's a song that I wrote... Um god 2018 i was actually on the road at that time and uh i was touring with the killers and yeah you know we all have periods where you know we're in a relationship and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't um for me you know in the case of this relationship it didn't work out yeah (laughs) promises make no sense when you're out of time wide awake fast asleep as we walk the no line can't keep doing this anymore oh, where do we go from here? and uh yeah it was just kind of sort of at a, a bit of a crossroads i um, you know, had this, had just released, uh, or actually I was promoting an album that I was gearing up to release. And, um, you know, I had sort of been feeling this pull to move to the West Coast for a number of years prior to, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, kind of just, you know, that was the, that was the question that kept popping up in the session. I wrote the song, you know, with Jessica Vaughn, who is, very talented artist in her own right and Mm -hmm. songwriter and um and keith varen uh was uh was sort of like kind of co-producing co-writing in the session and uh and yeah she was just like so what do you want to talk about and i was like well this is at the forefront of my mind and my life right now and uh And yeah, that's, that's how the song came about. So how does that uh, process
0: work? Do you kind of go into the idea of what's going on in your mind and your life? And then you just kind of start going back and forth lyrically with people. I know the songwriting different, it's different for every song a lot of the time, but do you have different processes like that?
1: I do have different processes. It depends on, um, it depends on where I am. It depends on like, you know, for in that instance, like I didn't set out to write that song. You know, I just had a session booked. I just so happened to have a session. I, I wanted to write with a bunch of different songwriters that I'd never written with before. I wanted to start writing with female songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just I found that it was so easy. I mean, it helped that i I knew Jesse. But it was. I found that it was so easy for me to talk about some more kind of personal, emotional things with having another woman in the room. I can see that. And yeah, and so sometimes, like for instance, there's another song on my on my upcoming EP that the melody actually came to me in a dream. I kid really? You not <laughs> yes. It's
0: is that a first?
1: So actually, when I moved to um, California, I started dreaming music, and for the very first time, I started like dreaming melodies. And I would like wake up at 4 a.m. and like oh, wow. grab my phone and just like record a voice note. And so there's another song that's on the EPs called "Can't Let You Go," and the melody for that came to me in a dream. And then the next day, I started writing lyrics, and then I got together with um, another songwriter and. and great musician um and uh and sort of like fleshed out the song and so it kind of just depends you know
0: have you ever lost one have you ever woken up and been like yes did not get that down
1: Yes, and you know what? You know why that when that usually happens to me, it's usually because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll remember it. Like, let me just, I'll just give myself a second and uh, damn sleep. And you forget it. You, I always forget it. So it's yeah. like once you hear it, you have to record it right away. So yeah,
0: it's a good habit to be. And so, are you keeping a pen and paper as well as your phones so that you can do voice memos? Am I what? Keeping your pen and paper right there, as well as some voice memos in case you might dream some lyrics that you might want to put down.
1: I usually just, rec- if I hear lyrics, I usually just record everything into my voice memo. Smart. Like, well, so if you beat
0: a singer, you probably have it come out as a melody anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll <laughs> sing it. If there are words, I'll mumble the words or whatever little mumbles come out, I'll mumble that. But um but, yeah, I feel like it's just faster to record it in a voice memo than to try and, like, jot down everything super quickly as it's coming to you, you know? Yeah,
0: I like that. Okay, so you've got a hell of a story leading up to where you are now with this new music. So let's kind of go back a little bit and talk about, you grew up a Bronx girl, singing in the church, yes. it sounds like. <laughs> and... um and then you went ahead and auditioned at one point and got into, because I'm not going to go into the full name of this school, LaGuardia Arts High School. and yes, um, which, which is- they
1: changed the name because originally it was called um, Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and Performing <laughs> Arts. And then they were, they, they were like, oh, God, social media age, and we probably need to shorten this for our Instagram <laughs> handle or whatever reason they changed it. But yeah, now it's called LaGuardia Arts.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, I got it right then. And I was just, I literally saw that and I was like, I got to figure out another way to say this in this question. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, not, I just, I, I took it, shortened it myself and I guess I got it right. Um, but obviously this is a very prestigious school within the city and nationally, globally. Um, mm-hmm. And so my question for you on that is how has, the, how has your time there impacted you musically like, throughout your career so far? What what kind of started there that you've carried on with?
1: Oh, I mean, I would say that I learned a number of things at that school that helped me, you know, in my career. It's so funny, because the other day, um, you know, for the September 11th Memorial, I posted a video, because the year after September 11th, they had the eternal lighting of uh, the, the lighting of the eternal flame in Battery Park. Mm-hmm. They had all of these dignitaries there. And so um, our high school senior choir uh, performed, you know, after they lit the flame. And I was the soloist that performed and it was on C-SPAN. It was just like my first kind of television debut um, in my senior year of high school. And That was just like one of many experiences I think I had as a result of being um, a student in that school that helped me throughout the rest of my career in terms of live performance, in terms of vocal technique, in terms of, you know, having to sing in various languages, having to learn multiple pieces of music in various genres at the same time. You know, I've learned so much after after having gone to that school. Was it really
0: kind of a... That was one of the things that I had in mind of like you. What was your household? What was the family listening to growing up? What was the parents what would they have on the radio and stuff?
1: Oh, we listened to gospel music. We listened to Christian music. I went so to the, a very yeah. Go ahead. I am, um, my in my household we were we were Christian and my dad is was is a very s- strict. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know a christian man uh, who's he's actually a minister now um but uh but yeah so we we only listen to that stuff at home
0: okay so you're coming from that kind of a background and then you go into the school and i'm imagining you get your eyes open to every genre
1: oh i mean and and that is still happening like there are songs that like we'll play and i'll be like oh my god what is this and my friends will be like you don't know what this is (laughs) and i'm just like no because for the first like you know 17 18 years of my life i was only listening to christian music but um But yeah, so when I started high school, you know, singing classical music and singing jazz, and then as a result of being around other students, being exposed to whatever it was that they were listening to at the time, R&B and the pop world. Um, So yeah, no, it was like sensory overload uh, a lot of days.
0: (laughs) This is something that I was really curious about, too, because I ask people who have been playing music and doing music for most of their lives, especially in their childhood, this question about confidence. And I'm I'm wondering if, had you not gotten accepted there, do you think that would have affected your confidence to the point where you might not be what you're doing today?
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I didn't want to go to that school initially. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just very, I was a very, very shy you know, devout Christian <laughs> girl. And uh, girl. my, 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 how times have changed, no, no. <laughs> but um no, yeah, I, uh, so I had a music teacher in the seventh and eighth grade. And, you know, he sort of introduced me to a ton of like musical theater stuff. And, and he was the one who told me about, um, you know, LaGuardia. And he said, you should absolutely audition for this school. Like, you know, you have a great voice, you have a great talent, like this, you know, this is something that if you're interested in that I could help you, you know, prepare for. Nice. And so I auditioned for that school. I also also auditioned for a uh, um, fashion institutes called fashion uh, high school because I want I loved drawing and I had all of these sketches of like outfits that I'd created really? and I actually got into that school too <laughs> and so it was just like do I want to go into the fashion world or do I want to go into the music world or do I just want to go to like a regular high school and just not do any of that and
0: oh you poor yeah. thing with these tough choices <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um but so yeah in the end I I decided to go to LaGuardia and I'm glad that I made that decision but initially and for most of my high school career I was just like yeah I'm doing music now cuz it's fun I I enjoy it but I don't want to be a professional musician like that just seems like it's not stable. Yeah. Of course that that those are all like words that we that are not genuinely coming from us. Those are words that we hear from other people, from our parents. And and so we generate these things in our mind that make us think that we can't, you know, do certain things, but.
0: Totally. It kind of sets woo. us up for being able to, you know, you if you, if you didn't make it as a musician, you've been like, well, you know, when you asked me back then, I didn't think I was going to make it either. So you kind of just almost set yourself up and, but you know, you busted through it. So good work on that. Okay. So you get done there. You head off. It sounds like to Brown for what, like a semester, a year or something.
1: I went to Howard university. Howard. Sorry. Um, I had that written down too. I just said Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Went to Howard university um, for a year. It was great. It was in Washington, DC for a number of reasons why I left. The main reason was, well, the two main reasons were, um, music, I was working with like a producer, work and I wanted to continue to, to work with him. I wanted to continue to sort of try honing my songwriting and, and also money. Cause I was just like, I don't be in debt at the end of my <laughs> collegiate career. <laughs> and, um, and well, you know. Howard wasn't ridic- it wasn't as crazy as some of like, you know, certain other Ivy League schools and, and uh, NYU was another school that like I wanted to go to and I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm not, I can't pay that much money. And so, um, and so those were the main t- why I left and I transferred schools. I went to a city college, I transferred to Baruch College in New York, where I was just like, all right, I can handle this. I can pay for this. done <laughs> with college. I will have a degree and won't be too stressed out. But um, that actually didn't happen because then I, after my third year, I um, started uh, performing and, and touring. Yeah. And, and well,
0: what? That's when you were you started doing some stuff around New York, doing some auditioning, and then that's when you landed with Alicia, right? Alicia you Keys. Started, yeah, you started going around with Alicia Keys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. what was, I'm curious now, you've made this decision to leave the Ivy League school come back to New York and start to well, pursue. Well, Howard this. is
1: not an Ivy League school, but okay, it's a historically Black university.
0: I'm not a I'm not a unifile,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> clearly. But I am curious about that. Uh, not so much the auditioning, but the process of getting that. And did you? You're you know you're 23. It sounds like around 23 at the time. What was that moment like for you? Sorry, you're 23 now. You're 23 then. <laughs>
1: No yeah no I um <laughs> I, it was amazing when I got the the job you know for Lucy pieces. never seems
0: complete.
1: I had never traveled outside of the country, you know, mm. one outside of visiting Jamaica, you know, with my family, I had never traveled anywhere else prior to that. I had never had a full time music job, you know, where music was the only thing I was doing. I always had like a music gig and then like two other jobs. <laughs> so, you know, it was pretty amazing in that, like, I was able to travel the world and do just music. Yeah. For you know, three years and um and get paid for it. And I was just like, This exists? Like people actually do this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um so yeah, it was pretty it was pretty amazing. And and after having that experience, I was just like, Oh yeah, this is definitely something that I wanna keep doing.
0: So that kind of solidified it. I'm curious about that how that experience um kind of prepared you for what came pretty close to being next which was your time on the voice
1: yeah so well actually I I was working with Alicia Keys for about three years and would sing background for you know a few other artists here and there and um and then I actually left at the end of that three year those three years because I wanted to um I wanted to write more for myself. I mm-hmm. wanted to record more for myself, and I wanted to explore the idea of being a solo artist and what that meant for me. Was and Alicia so,
0: encouraging for all that? I imagine.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. Everybody's everybody's always has always been supportive. Like everyone that I've worked with has always been supportive of whatever it is that you want to do. Like we support you. No one's like, don't leave us. Like <laughs> you're stabbing us in the back for yourself. And no, everyone's always been supportive. Thank God. But um, yeah. So I left, and then I was in New York, not touring, and I was just like, "Okay, now what do I do?" And you know, I've got like a bunch of uh, jobs. I was working in like a clothing store for a minute while I was trying to figure out my. Fashion's life and always what I floating to around do. there for you. You know, <laughs> the girl <laughs> likes a piece of fabric, but no, I um. I then started singing at this club in the West Village um, called the Village Underground. I started singing in the house bands okay. for a few years and that experience sort of helped me hone my live performance chops as a solo artist because everyone on stage um, you know was talented in their own right So many of those guys and ladies had been performing you know in New York City for years in in various venues and sort of had that solo stage experience, which I didn't have. I'd only really ever sung, you know, as a background singer or within a group or within a choir. Mm -hmm. And so um, that really helped me hone my my solo performance skills. And while I was working there, that's when I auditioned for The Voice. And thank God I had that experience first, because if I had gone on The Voice, prior to uh, singing at the Village Underground, I definitely would (laughs) have (laughs) sucked.
0: I'm really curious, what were some of the songs that you were singing there? Was it mostly covers?
1: Yeah, they were all covers. Occasionally, a few of us would perform um, some original songs, but for the most part, it was was covers. You know, it was like a late night. We'd play until sometimes two, three o'clock in the morning. And so it was like one of those late night bars. People will come and drink and dance. And um, they wanted to hear songs that they knew. Very loungy. I don't know that it was loungy. I mean, they had seats, but like our, the band was pretty loud. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know that many people were able to have a conversation unless you were talking directly into someone's ear, you know, like we were, we were rocking down there.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So I am coming from someone who has been in and out of watching a show like The Voice, my mom was a huge fan,
1: Oh, bless her.
0: And so she got me watching a couple of seasons. And unfortunately it was after you were on.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but I do have some questions about the voice behind the scenes that if she were still with us, she would want me to absolutely ask somebody because she'd be okay. freaking out that I had the opportunity to talk to somebody that was on the <laughs> show. And so, <laughs> okay. So first of all, you saying both someone like you by Adele, and also had one of the most memorable performance, I think, probably in the show's history with Aerosmith's Dream On. Oh. And I'm wondering, were you nervous taking on any of these songs by such big and diverse voices leading up to them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was always nervous before every single performance. I get, I, I mean, I used to get extremely nervous to the point where, like, I couldn't talk to anybody and it needs to be my own... <laughs> Space and zone. And I remember before I performed uh, Dream On, which is a song that I had sung a million times prior to that. Really?
0: song facts podcast right after this so here's a quick question for you are you registered to vote well headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote to update or check your voter registration status go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for election day it's coming up fast so do it now Register to vote at headcount.org.
1: Like seconds before I went on stage, I always like to sort of like, you know, review through the lyrics and the melody and everything. And I remember seconds before I walked out, I was like, oh, my God, what's the start to the song? (laughs) (laughs) Like I was extremely nervous, but um. You know, I think that when you when you put the work in and you try and, you know, keep be respectful to, you know, the original artists and the originality and make it home, but still sort of like, you know, pay homage to these uh, incredible songwriters yeah. and performers and bands. Um, it all just works out in the end, you know, as long as you're like having fun and it's musical and, you know, you're connecting with whoever is there in the room with you. That's all really you're, you're trying to do, I think. Yeah.
0: Well, you also end up going and touring with Adele a little bit. Did you ever just like nudge her and be like, hey, if you want a little set break, I'll, t- I'll handle <laughs> the song tonight.
1: <laughs> no, I did not. I feel like she uh, she's doing pretty well. <laughs> she doesn't need me to hop up there but no um she she was great because she also gave like an opportunity for for us to have like a, a girl's moment she had me and the other two background singers um you know come up into the front of the stage with her and we'd like sang uh, a song together and uh that was a great experience she's a she's a wonderful person and very very talented
0: Yeah, unbelievable. So um, now I want to go, I want to jump back in because I need some behind the scenes details. I'm wondering, where do you live when you're on the show? And what's just a typical day and week like as you're preparing these songs with your coach and the artists that they bring in? Just what kind of is like the day in, day out? I'm so curious how this all works.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sort of varies from day to day. We all stay in hotels and you know they film things at different times so it's not it doesn't work chronologically yeah you know it sometimes we'll film this shot of us walking down a hallway and then we'll jump to like an interview and then we'll do another like so it kind of just depends on whatever it is they need for the show
0: that's my thought Um, is that there's all this b-roll that they've got to get and they're like you've got these call times it's almost like being on a set shooting a commercial or something like that
1: Yeah. And for the most part, you know, you're spending a lot of time by yourself, or at least I did by myself sort of going over the music. And, um, you know, there are some people that were more social, they'd have like little hangs outside where all, everyone on the show would come and do like little sing songs. And yeah. everyone would go around and sing and stuff like that. And like, I just wasn't into that. Um, yeah. Not that it's not cool, I, it just wasn't my vibe, you know, yeah. back then. So I spent a lot of time, um, you know, with me or like a couple of friends that I made on the show. Cody Blue was my was my boo on the show. <laughs> And, um, there was another girl, Amanda de Corbier, who, who auditioned, but she didn't make it onto the show, but she was another person that like, you know, we hung out with, I hung out with. Um, but yeah, I, I just spent a lot of time kind of rehearsing. You'd have like, you know, vocal coach moments. They had like vocal cultures on the show and.
0: Did it really help yeah, it improve kind of you overall, you think?
1: I imagine that they probably did help improve some people. I think that I um, already had a lot of experience going into that show. Yeah. And so I don't know that there was anything that I learned technique wise, but I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what I want and don't want for myself. Good. And those sorts of things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, everybody, I mean, every experience you're going to take something out of. So, and yeah. like you said, you were kind of prepared with the few years that you'd done on the not lounge scene in New York mm-hmm. that was, um, you know, getting you ready for getting your live chops good. So that's awesome. Really, I appreciate you letting me scratch my Curious Corey itch oh,
1: of course. because
0: um, it's constantly there. <laughs> um, okay. So let's jump up now. 2018, you dropped the album Dirty Water and as i'm listening to this it just covers a lot of ground musically you've got mm-hmm. pop there's like some waltzy soulful stuff on there and i mm-hmm. there's a, even kind of a song that's got a little country feel to it yeah and i think it's dynamite are you mm-hmm. always trying to be open to just broadening into these different genres and do you help does you think that kind of helps your creativity just continue to expand
1: Yeah, I think for me, like, that was my first effort in, um, you know, writing uh, an album. Mm -hmm. And I do love so many different types of music. And I do um, appreciate various genres for different reasons. And I think I just wanted to experiment and, and be free to create without trying to box myself into anything. Yeah. Um, Which I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I had that opportunity because now I know myself that much better when it comes to the music that I want to create and what direction I want that to take and I think had I just listened to somebody that was just like yeah well you got to do like just only this or only do this um, because like that's just the rules that's what people um, say in
0: all lines of work though right because they'll be like <laughs> yeah. what do you want to do for your living and you'll be like well I could do this or I could do that no like you really just need to focus and just do one thing and it's like well why can't I just try a bunch of things boring and what I want to do <laughs> it's
1: boring and yeah. I I get bored. (laughs) No, I just, I think that had I not done that and had I not experimented, you know, on that album, I, you know, with my future projects, I would have constantly been wondering, well, what if I tried this? Like, would this thing work? What if I tried this? Would this thing work? And so, um, that album was just, you know, I think of it as like my little baby. It was just like my first effort, my first try and, Yeah, it 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 is what it is. I I try not to put too too many labels on it. It's like a little singer songwriter album. Yeah. And yeah. There's one
0: song on there that I was I've just been really falling in love with, No Good.
1: That's everyone's
0: favorite song. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I, it keeps talking about this picture-perfect friend, and it seems to be saying that things aren't good now, but they might be down the road. And I'm just really, I've, as I'm listening, I'm like, what? I want to ask you, like, what brought upon these, like, evasive but hopeful type ideas?
1: Yeah, that was another quote, kind of song about a relationship. These relationships,
0: and... man. <laughs> just fuel for the fire. <laughs>
1: And, um, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm no good for you, but really I'm talking about this other person who would constantly, you know, sort of give that energy off to me as if to say, you know, I, um, I'm no I'm I'm not good for you you deserve better you deserve you know a better person but like you know I'm gonna stick around because this you know could potentially like you know think I could become a better person this could be better yeah. you know our relationship could potentially grow into a better thing and it was just kind of like it was a bit of like a sarcastic way at uh, at you know addressing this particular person it was just just like <laughs> you're no good for me, right. <laughs>
0: right now maybe down the road I'm not shutting the door
1: yeah (laughs) I I mean I didn't shut the door for a few years but you know what can you do
0: (laughs) we're all guilty of stringing someone along for too long
1: yeah unfortunately
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right so I'm gonna get into some of these 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 questions that I'm asking everyone two of these I ask everyone three of the third one I make um, personal So, number one is, if you had to listen to one band for the rest of your life, which one would that be?
1: Oh, that would be Radiohead.
0: I've got that, you're, I think my third out of like two dozen or something like that. No, what's, really? what's up with you and Radiohead?
1: Oh, I love them. I think that they are just a band that has stood the test of time. They are just incredibly musical. I fell in love with Tom York's voice, um, you know, cause I was singing rock music and I was just like, oh, you have this sort of pretty sound. And I remember reading an interview somewhere um, you know where he was saying something along the lines of, you know, in the beginning of the band's career, that you know he wasn't a fan of his own voice because he thought it was too pretty, and and then Stone later embraced it, and I feel like I I related to that a lot. I <clears throat> was just like, well, I want to sing stuff that like is a bit harder and heavier, but I have this like, you know, pretty voice. And no matter how hard and heavy I sing, everyone's just like, oh my God, that's so, it sounds so pretty. I completely,
0: like, <laughs> I i i agree and I disagree. And I've got a question that kind of relates to that,
1: oh, but okay. It's,
0: it's after this one. Um, what is one song that you wish you would have written?
1: Soft one, a song that I wish I had written that comes to mind and maybe it's just because of my connection to this particular artist but I wish that I had written Someone Like You by Adele. <laughs> I heard that you said- because do I think it's a great song um, and because I wouldn't mind receiving the checks that I know she's received as a result (laughs) of that song. But also having seen the impact of that song firsthand and the way that people respond to it, Mm -hmm. the way that people connect to it live um, at shows, the way people are even just her fans with me as a result of me being you know uh someone that has worked with her and and i sang that song on the voice i covered that song on the voice and people's response to it even though it sounded very different from her version of it i just feel like that is what i that's the kind of song that i want to write i want to write a song that allows people to connect um to it in the way that they have to that song and that's literally the first song that comes to mind who knows if i was able to sit down and have i think a you got to trust those
0: instincts that's what i <laughs> a lot of times people will struggle with it and i'll just i'll sit there and i'll go back and i'll be like what was the first thing that popped in and yeah they can you know that's i think that's usually the best way to go
1: yeah
0: and i mean who can argue now that i'm thinking about it
1: like, there are like a million other songs that are coming to mind them off. But I mean, like if I had written Paranoid Android, I would have felt like (sighs) I would be the coolest person on the planet and I could just die after that. (laughs) You know the story behind
0: that? I read somewhere that he was like in In a a bar, it's like in a hotel room above a bar, like in a room above a bar and people were just like partying and getting crazy. And he was just so frustrated because they were keeping him awake. And that's where that whole thing came from.
1: OK, yeah, I I read like something somewhat similar where he was in a bar and he saw like a number of people that were extremely drunk. This one particular lady who was like kind of prissy mm-hmm. and entitled and just like a really bad drunk. Um, and I think that's where the line like Gucci Little Piggy came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I wish I'd written that. I wish I'd written all of Stevie Wonder's catalog.
0: (laughs) I can hear that. All of Michael um,
1: Jackson's catalog. Like, just great, great songs, you know, that people connect to.
0: No, those are, I mean, you can't go wrong with those. I had someone pick Michael Jackson as their artist that they would listen to if they could only listen to one more the rest of their life
1: recently oh wow yeah Um, i mean that makes sense
0: one of the things you got to consider is a giant catalog of music because if it's just going to be on repeat you want to you're going to get sick of it after 70 years um okay so i've heard your covers obviously i heard dream on and today I listened to that nice, really nice acoustic version of Best of Me by Foo Fighters.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: really great. I thought <laughs> th- that was one of those, I-, I just thought you nailed that song. And then here's the one that just floored me was Show Me How to Live by Audio Slave. Uh-huh. you were saying like, I just want to like belt it out sometimes, but people are like, no, you got this really pretty voice. Like I'm telling everyone, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. Go look at this YouTube video and watch those girls sing with these, with this, like this giant horn section behind you that you just like outpower like 45 (laughs) horns. And I'm like, thanks to
1: a microphone. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. But you know, it's in here too. And um,
1: thanks,
0: but I'm listening to this. I literally listened. I got tingles my girlfriend's sitting there making um, lunch and I'm just like, are you listening to this? And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of. And I'm like, this is just so good. <laughs> and I'm wondering um, because of your voice with those horns and I just, it got me thinking like, is your ideal, are you just like bullhorns up a headbang rocker at heart?
1: <laughs> um you know why i like to think when i think of myself and like my musical tastes i think or rather i would like to embody prince like i feel like prince is like yes. the perfect example in that prince was able to pop back and forth between between genres he was able to you know throw a little rock and roll in there he was able to throw a little soul in there he was able to throw a little gospel in there a little yep. R&B, a little funk And while I am nowhere near as uh, accomplished as Prince was yet, I that is what uh, that is what I aim for. I I, because I love music. I love Mm -hmm. all types of music. And I want to be able to sing and appreciate all of those things when opportunities present themselves. Now, I think as i progress as an artist i'm honing in on more of an, uh, an amanda brown sound that you know hopefully people will recognize when they they hear me singing on something yeah but um i've definitely learned to be a bit more edgy i think than i was 10 years ago
0: it's in you in Do, don't deny that to the world <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was not always the case go back and look at my uh, performance singing in battery park and i was like full-on classical singer <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so you know i've definitely grown
0: <laughs> did you know the audio slave song or was that something that you guys just kind of said was that your suggestion or was that somebody else's
1: yeah so brass against i don't know if you're familiar with them but they are sort of uh you know a band that always kind of plays and records these songs that are just like you know f the establishment um you know like they're all rock songs but they're like songs that are just like have some sort of a message in regards to like government or religion or some sort of societal uh you know thing that exists yeah and so he um brad uh actually presented a number of songs to me and that was one of them and i was just like i want to sing this song um i was familiar with Audio Say, but i wasn't familiar with that tune so uh it was a pleasure and you know when we had recorded it it was not you know and not that much longer after chris passed away and so so i felt even more kind of like empowered to make sure that that performance was was as good as I could possibly make it, you know? Good
0: for you, paying some homage.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, this has been so much fun. Uh, the single is From Here. It drops October 23rd. Yes. Go find it yes, and please. love it. And Amanda Brown, thank you for spending some time with us. And thank you you for using a condenser microphone so that you sound so (laughs) nice and clean. And um, much continued success to you.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Okay, first thing I'd like to do is confirm that Amanda was right. I did go to songfacts.com and double-checked our handiwork on Paranoid Android. And sure enough, he wrote it more so on a night out. I was partially right. He wrote it while staying awake at 5 in the morning because he was thinking about all the crappy people that he met. Anyway, thank you so much to Amanda. And thank you to all of you for the stories behind the songs. Go to songfacts.com. See ya.